Welcome to the Herd Mentality Podcast, an eclectic weekly mix of atheistic and humanistic conversations with complete strangers. I've never met them and they've never met me, but we're throwing caution to the wind, taking a risk with a dodgy internet connection, and God willing, get an interesting conversation for you to listen to. I'm your host, Adam Reeks, and it's time to meet our guests. Thank you very much for coming to the Herd Mentality Podcast. Today on the show, we've got Gamma Atheist, who is desperate for some more attention. So not only did he get episode three, he's also taking up one third of episode four. And we welcome him and we thank him for it. We've also got at Skeptical Park and at Dan RL. So welcome, everybody. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. So today we're going to have oh, probably a bit of a yak, you know, get to know each other, shake hands, kiss babies, and then talk about some this, <laughs> this secular parenting thing that I know very little about. So you're going to have to enlighten me. Uh, so let's just find out a little bit about you guys. Dan, whereabouts are you based? I'm in San Diego, California in the U.S. It sounds so cool. It sounds very exotic. It's very warm all the time. <laughs> and I'm looking at your picture on Skype here. Uh, is it? It seems to be that you're about four years old. Is that really you? <laughs> Two years old, actually. Two, years old. Two and a half. <laughs> this is how little I know about children. <laughs> I'd suggest that's perhaps a photo of your child. It is. Okay, there's no priests on this call? No, I'm just... Uh, okay, good. We're good to go. And Skeptical Park, tell us a little bit about you. Where are you based? Um, I'm in the Chicagoland area. I know that's an odd thing, but yeah, they call truly here in Chicago area. We call it Chicagoland, which I'm not originally from here, but um, that is indeed the uh, term used to describe the greater Chicago area. Um, Chicago, Illinois in the U.S. It certainly does what it says on the tin, Chicago land. I mean, presumably you occupy... <laughs> Some land. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Gamma Atheists, we've had you on already, but enlighten our, our guests, our, our listeners. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, in uh, northern Florida, Jacksonville area. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a Bible Belt. But cool. All right, so today's topic is we're going to focus something speci- uh, specific here. So we're talking about secular parenting. So... I've got you guys on because you have manufactured children yourselves. Now, I don't understand how the process works. Can you just talk me through, please, how you came about having children? Well, it starts with God and a lot of prayer. (laughs) So when mummy and daddy love each other in a very special way. How many kids do you have, Dan? I have one. Okay. Yeah, Are you collecting fun. the set? Uh, you know, we're, we're we're into having another, but we'll see what happens. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> God willing. It's in guys. <laughs> Skeptical Park, tell us. Uh, I have three. I have a nine-year-old, and I have six-year-old twins. So sleep deprivation in our yeah. house a few years ago was pretty serious. You. <laughs> he, he does. He has it in for me. He's given me more than I can handle. Uh, which is the lie that's been told to me over the years that he only gives you as much as you can handle, right? <laughs> are they, so you say they're twins, there's different types of twins, yeah. specify. They, well, they are fraternal and I have, uh, one of each gender. I have a boy twin and a girl twin. Okay. I went to school with, um, a boy twin and a girl twin and <laughs> they are completely different. In fact, as they've grown up, one's, I think, now married, and the other one is in a gay relationship. And there's, uh, 
yes, there's a, a boy and a girl there as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, gamma atheists. Uh, I have uh, two girls. Uh, one is five years old, and the other one is six months old. Mm. Oh, it's like a bought one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the stork was just recently here. Okay, that, that stork must be exhausted. So between. Between you all, you've got what? That's uh, six children. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. We're like Mormons. We're <laughs> yeah. Mormons. So, uh, vaccination was on the topic last episode. Uh, please tell me your children are vaccinated. Absolutely. Yeah, up to date. Cool. And are you finding mm-hmm. what, what's the local vibe in your areas? Oh, we'll kick off with you, Dan. How many? Is there a is there a bit of a backlash where you are against vaccination? A, a little bit. Um, yeah, I know. There's, I think overall vaccinations are pretty common here, but, uh, in California especially, we're going through a really big whooping cough epidemic. And mm. so, you know, the, the word is out to vaccinate, but I do know a handful of people that just refuse to do it and still hold on to, you know, disproven, uh, mm-hmm. ideas and, you know, Jenny McCarthyism <laughs> that are still touting, you know, <laughs> autism and, you know, Countless things that we've completely proven to be false are still being held on to as, as belief, and it's scary. You have to watch who your kids hang out with because yeah. of Yeah. Look, let me just clarify mm-hmm. something from the previous episode. We had Secular Bloke on, and he did a great deal of research into, I, I think because he's curious about the topic of anti-vax, stated that the initial trial for the MMR autism link contains 600 people. Now, Dr. Dave Hawkes, who goes by the Twitter handle at Mr. Hawkes, H-A-W-K-E-S, he's coming on the Herd Mentality podcast next week. So we've got a science edition coming up, and we're all very excited about that. But he posted a link to us that the three guests on the previous show shared, and we'd just like to clarify that that initial study did not have 600 participants in it. What he said was a small study actually involved 12, so mm. not 600, 12. <laughs> mm. Right. The, it was, the whole thing was fraudulent. It was really a disgrace. And how I think Mel said this last and the last podcast that um, it, it's just astounding that he was ever even published. I mean, really quite astounding that that study ever, mm. you know, got legs. Yeah, all right. Well, look, we've kind of covered off... Um, vaccination previously so if anybody's curious jump onto uh, episode three through itunes perhaps what we'll move on to now is how do you go about raising your children in a secular way what makes raising your children different to the way the people in your communities raise their children go on dan uh you know it really is is similar in many forms i don't think a lot of uh at least theists don't see it that way where you know we're all in the end, we're all trying to instill values in our kids, morals, uh, and we get them, in, in reality, we get most of them from the same place. They think they're getting, uh, theirs from God and the Bible, but really we, you know, we're all getting them from the same place, but it's what we push, uh, as those values, where I'm pushing with my kid already at two and a half of, you know, everyone's the same. Everyone's equal. Mm-hmm. He's in a daycare with, you know, all these different kinds of people, and it's showing him that Everyone in that room is the same as him, equal as him, and we're going to have to eventually, when they start really talking, go over people having different religions and different beliefs and how he's going to have to address, you know, his, because that, you know, for a long time, he's only going to know what we know. And, you know, so there is going to be a point where we're going to have to 
a kid in the in the uh, playground is going to say to him, "You're going to go to hell if you don't believe in in God." My dad said so. Must be true. So, mm-hmm. what age would you consider is a fair age to begin discussing religion with a child? For me personally, I kind of like the idea of ten, but I don't know if that's going to be too yeah. late because I they're going to pick it up at school at some point. But uh, yeah, I would almost yeah. say maybe like uh, like eight. Um, mm-hmm. Or like in that range. I mean, that's you know just my opinion. I mean, that was kind of like I said before in the last podcast. Uh, that was kind of like my age range where I really started to question everything that was going on, mm-hmm. and I was also able to kind of understand what I was questioning. Because like my you know my daughter's five, and she will question things. Like uh, I remember her making a comment of, "I don't know why people pray. It, all they're doing is just talking to themselves." So she sounds like I'd, I'd like to have her that, on the show. I think. The best part, yeah, the best part about that was none of us said anything like that in front of her. She came to that realization on her own. So yeah. it was a, it was like a secret, it was like a secret win for me. But I didn't let her know how excited I was. Gamma, how did she know about praying? How did, how does she? How does she know that concept? Well, her mother is a convenient Catholic, okay. and um, there was, a, and when she was three, she had a personal little tragedy. So, so there was a death in the family. So mm-hmm. she explained to her God and praying and all that, and okay. I never stopped it. I mean, I wasn't against sure. it because at three years old, how do you explain death? So right. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't deter it or anything and you know there's everyone i mean it's been a while since she's brought it up but like in that time frame she would say you know we'd be sitting down to eat dinner and she'd be like hey let's pray and i said okay go ahead you know i close my eyes and do all that with her and then there'd be a couple times mm-hmm. where i'd be uh sending her to bed and she'd be like well i need to pray i said okay go ahead you know and i would i would do the motions with her you know mm-hmm. i never made a stink about her or anything skeptical part okay. what seems to be in your opinion the the ideal time to introduce the, the discussion at least with the children um i'm still trying to figure that out honestly um i i feel really fortunate um that my husband and i are both atheists uh he, and so we have not introduced religion at all. We're kind of waiting for them to ask us, and then we'll have the discussion. At this point, we're trying to indoctrinate them with science, and I think my biggest stumbling block is not putting too much a spin on the questions they ask uh, and trying to teach them how to think instead of what to think. That's my big struggle right now is avoiding putting an atheistic spin on my answers. In fact, they, they recently, I think it's horrible. I can't remember who, but somebody said, what, what is a soul mommy? And of course I questioned back and said, well, what do you think a soul is? And where did you hear that? And kind of let them talk about it. And so we're, we're letting that age come from them mm. when they start questioning certain things. I mean, they don't even have the vocabulary. Just a few months ago, um, a dear friend of mine just said in passing something to my daughter who was then still five. Um, oh, I think so and so is at church. And she cocked her head at my friend and said, what's church? What's a, what's church? <laughs> She didn't even have the vocabulary for it, and they've never been in a church, and so they've never even heard things like that. So I don't know what the perfect age is. We're waiting to find out. Withholding information there, isn't it? Because 
Yeah, when yeah, I, yeah. And, and again, I, I can't really relate to this because I don't have children of my own, but when people ask me what church is, I point them to the name of a bar in England, uh, in London. <laughs> so you'd, you'd go out and have a big night out boozing and then come six or seven o'clock in the morning when every other pub is shut, you'd go to church. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be an inch of sawdust on the floor to mop up after everybody's had a, a big night. Oh. And it was pretty atrocious. <laughs> so, well, that, that's my, oh my experience with church, and I've got to say it's probably certainly <laughs> a lot more entertaining than, than, than what you're, than what you've perhaps experienced. I've been having a bit of a chat about when a good time to introduce a child to religion might be. This is something I'm contemplating as well, because at some point in the future, I'm going to discover where children come from. <laughs> and it's going to be a, a curly one because, I mean, my, my cat's now five years old and she still doesn't know what Catholicism is. So am, am I a, does this make me a bad person? I don't know. I wouldn't like for my children to be living in the dark. I don't think that's fair. But mm-hmm. nor do I want to right. lie to them. So there, as we say, there's the fine line in giving them as much information as you possibly can and getting them to come to an informed decision about it. What sort of books do you read to your children? What do you recommend? Uh, right now, I just read him... Pretty plain kid books, Cat in the Hat, uh, Sesame Street, things that, you know, just he likes. I mean, he's two and a half, like I said, so he's not uh, really picking up the big stories. But, you know, I did buy uh, The Magic of Reality for him already, Richard Dawkins' mm-hmm. book. Uh, and that I'll be reading to him as soon as I think he can understand any of it. I'll Next just start week. reading it to him. Next week. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Um, but, you know, I was going to say, I went to, uh, I went to the American Humanist Conference, uh, about two, two and a half weeks ago here in San Diego. And they actually did a whole panel about, uh, uh humanist parenting, secular parenting. And, uh, they get, gave an idea of when you're ready to talk to your kids, uh, a lot of them bake cookies and do it in the shape of different religious symbols, crosses, uh, star of David. Mm. And they, uh, educate them, you know, while having a snack to keep it fun. But, um, a group, a humanist group in New Mexico here in the U.S. actually does a a Saturday, almost like a Sunday school that is uh, secular and Unitarian uh, churches attend it. It actually takes place in a Unitarian wow. church and it's for atheists, humanists, uh, secularists, you know, whatever denomination you are. And they bring their kids in. They sing songs. They do art projects. They do uh, science experiments together and they learn about religion all together, but they learn about every religion, not one at a time or not their parents' religion. And uh, it really allows the child to gauge what's happening in the world around them. And you're not shielding them from anything at the same time. That's a very clever idea. Who was on the panel? Uh, No one I had ever heard of. It was, it was mostly the people from New Mexico at the, uh, that had been a part of this, Uh, a parent that was a member of it was there and two others. Uh, I'm happy to forward you that information uh, later. Sorry, I don't no, have it on just me. Tweet it when you think of it after the show, just uh, yeah, tweet it out because I think we've got a small enough... Well, nobody listens to this anyway, so just uh, tweet it to the people who <laughs> who are probably in the know. Uh, uh, I was just going to say to add on to what he was saying, um, I agree with that uh, because not only can you, you know, can theists indoctrinate their children into religion, um, there's cases of atheists indoctrinating their children into atheism. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the perfect example of that is Madeleine Murray O'Hare. I mean, even though she was the founder of the American Atheist and did, you know, started a huge movement, 
she didn't she sheltered her children and actually to this day one of her children you know he grew up as an atheist but because he was so sheltered he is now a huge christian there's a risk of that mm-hmm. happening isn't it because and, if you want your mm-hmm. child to grow up as an atheist you're you're effectively planning their life for them and it can cause them to rebel mm-hmm. and the what what's the obvious right. way to rebel you right. you do and, exactly what your parents don't want you to do right right mm-hmm. and i mean as it is atheism has that like, like if a teenager comes out and says they're an atheist that's already they already have the label of the, oh you're just rebelling against society you know so that's why you're being an atheist and um to go along like i plan on teaching um both my children about religion but i also plan on teaching them about mythology because uh i think that allows them to kind of look at the stuff i had that uh knowledge going into it so i I was reading the bible i'm like you know that sounds like a lot from this story that i read about and all that that sounds like that story too So I was able to relate a lot of religion, you know, that we know to be true to a lot of our ancient ancestors. And um, that really also was a big piece of this is bullshit. (laughs) Well, a lot of the religions seem to have a lot in common, given that most of them were born of virgins under some particular star uh, on a given day. And it's interesting as well with uh, North Korea. You have a look at the dynasty, the the Jong-il dynasty. Kim Jong Un, King Kim Jong Il. Their mm-hmm. the the state religion is actually his grandfather, who apparently was able to speak by the time he was ten months old. And there's all these amazing stories attributed to him, uh, in the same way that so many of these other religious characters have. It's it's copy paste, put a new label on it. Here's our religion. Game on. Right, right. I mean, you could take a lot of. Christianity, and you can find just about every part of Christianity in some other ancient, you know, religion, mythology. I mean, even, you know, Noah's Ark, I mean, like you said, the virgin birth, December 25th. I mean, all of that, you can find it all somewhere in an, an ancient religion that uh, is extinct. Skeptical Clark, how difficult, you're, you're a woman, we have, we've only had two women on the show so far, so I defer to your expertise. How difficult would it be to conceive a child without a, a male? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, quite difficult. Um, it, well, that, be, that depends on what you mean. Um, Do you mean physical contact with a male or just, I mean, of course we need that sperm cell, so. You know, I mean, it's not like, it's, well, yeah. you just, no, you know. it's not like you split down the middle like bacteria and just make a smaller person, <laughs> is it? <It's>, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, I did exactly. want to bring. Unfortunately, I did want to just yeah. point out one thing. Something occurred to me. It's been nagging me. The uh, discussing the secular parenting, but I was just having a look on my podcast list, and if the people listening to the show haven't had a chance to go and listen to the Atheist Experience, look it up on iTunes or look it up on YouTube. It's run by a guy called Matt Dillahunty. Great. And by golly gosh, that's uh, it's a great show. They had one. They had an episode on. I'm just looking at on up here. Episode. 810 atheist parenting it was about oh it's about yeah. a month ago almost to the day jen and russell talked with dale mcgowan about atheist parenting i did listen to that probably mm-hmm. two or three times just to listen through it all and pick up a couple of points and that's really experience of the secular parenting idea that i have I, I have very little but i'm beginning to take more note of it because it seems to be a topic that challenges people oh for sure yeah and dale mcgowan is actually the uh, his book parenting beyond belief is responsible for my shift because i was really 
having a hard time not, you know, my instinct was to raise them, you know, in the way that we believe, which is we are atheistic. We do not believe, I hate that word, but, you know, we we deny the existence of a, a God, particularly Yahweh and Allah and so forth. And um, it was that that put me on the right track, I think, where, uh, you know, really focusing more on exposing them to everything and trusting that they'll find their way. And, yeah, the, Dale McGowan is fantastic. And, again, I credit him for putting me on the right mm. path where that's concerned. Well, yeah. Probably a pertinent question for you guys. What would happen if one of your children came home one day and said, I went to church, absolutely loved it, I think this is for me? Go ahead, Dan. You know, I've, I've thought about this and I've, I've had nightmares <laughs> about it. Um, <laughs> I, I think one thing I would, I would try to take from my own childhood, I was raised very religious, but I would um I would be accepting of it and 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 allow them to explore that and but I would talk to them with it instead of just yelling at them and saying I don't believe that or any of that kind of stuff I would rather sit down and talk with them on a pretty regular basis just to see what they're learning how it makes them feel and just mm-hmm. have a dialogue and uh if that's how they want to express themselves I'm not going to stop them from doing anything that they want as long as it's not hurting them or others but, uh, yeah, that's how I was raised. I was raised religious when I told my parents that I didn't believe it. They were very accepting and talked to me in late, in later years. My dad told me he's an atheist too. David, go ahead. I would, uh, as long as they're happy, uh, I would be accepting of it. I mean, as long as they, like, I, uh, I, I think I had the same question with the No God cast. And I, I said, as long as they're not in the extremes. Like they're they're taking it to the extreme. You're hitting like, people on the streets of um, you know, or, for, yeah, <laughs> or West yeah, yeah, or, Westboro, yeah, or joining, the, joining yeah. the Taliban, yeah. <laughs> uh, or you know, no, the Mormonism where you know uh, she's got to share a man with three other women and that she's got to make as many kids as she can. You know, so, something like that. I would be completely against. But um, and like what Dan was saying, I mean, absolutely, uh, talk, just talk. I mean, that's the problem. Mostly these days with parents, they just don't talk to their kids. Well, the kids are too busy playing the PlayStation. <laughs> and we're too yeah, busy on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Secular Park. <laughs> yeah, I agreed. I, it, it would just, I, I, you know, I'd welcome it. You know, I did it as a child too. I, uh, was born into a Catholic family, uh, but they were not strong Catholics and, um, I went to Catholic school for a year. And then that was about it. I made my first communion and then I was done. But I was really fascinated by children who were going through their confirmation and their confession especially. That seemed so mysterious. I really wanted to try it at some point and never got the chance to do so. Um, but, you know, and so, and then I went to a Baptist church and uh, joined a youth group. But all that time, I was not really a believer, but I was very interested in the community and so I'd, I'd welcome my children to explore for sure. And like, you know, Gamma and Dan, you know, pointed to just talking with them and asking them questions. And again, my, my biggest thing would be not to, you know, my biggest struggle would be not to inject my feelings, my spin on it. Like, oh, so do you really think that, you know, really questioning them mm. without opinion? So I went to, 
Sunday school. Probably a few times because I was keen on a young lady at the time. This was, uh, I would have been, <laughs> would have been probably 10 or 12. I went along and did the singing and tried to play the games and just didn't really connect with everybody else because I couldn't see the logic in it. It didn't apply, I couldn't apply the same rules that I'd learned in my own experience in the real world to this, this doctrine that they were presenting. And even at that point, the stories were fairly vague. You know, there's Jesus dividing the bread and, and the fish for everybody else and feeding people, and I could not wrap my head around it. It just didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But my parents were very supportive. Uh, they let me make my own decisions. I came to my own conclusions pretty quickly, too, I, I might add. It wasn't a case of I went there for several decades and finally came out of it going, you know, I've made my decision now. It was the case of maybe oh, six or eight weeks. It wasn't very long. But what did happen subsequently was there was on Wednesday afternoons, you'd pay a dollar and you'd go to what was called Kids Club at the church next door to the school. And we'd go there and we'd make pictures and art out of spaghetti and, you know, do, do what kids do, sing songs, praise the Lord. And I hated it. <laughs> I'd already made my decision by that stage and I, pro- I said to mum and dad, look, I really don't like going to this. To me, I would learn more out of watching cartoons, I would think. Certainly more about the real world. And they said, no, look, Adam, we can't get a babysitter. You've got to go. <laughs> and that's how I- So, but you know what? I don't look back at it and regret that. I look back at it and go, well, it was an opportunity for me to learn more about how other people live their lives. Yeah, right. Sure. Yeah, definitely. So tell me, Dan, if there was one piece of advice that you could give to somebody who's considering raising a child, what would it be? Role-playing. Oh, you mean after they have a kid. Um, <laughs> still role-playing. Uh, uh, some big advice I picked up. When, uh, and I plan to use this is when your kid is, if, if, I guess I should say in school and is sharing at this point, at least your same belief system and kids will confront them. It's going to happen, especially around holidays and, uh, at certain ages when kids are going through communion or, uh, baptisms, any of that, how to address it and how not to be bullied for it because they're going to get yeah. threats of hell. They're going to get. They're going to hear horrible things that could scare them and they should be prepared. And so if your child is, you know, sharing your belief at home, role play with them, talk about what they should say when that happens. So also they don't get in a fight. They can very eloquently state their case and walk away from it. And, uh, I think that's, that's very important. I had never once thought of that. And I heard about that at the, humanist conference and wrote that right in my notebook immediately that's brilliant go ahead gamma yeah i like that um yeah i i, I i've never heard that and that's a, that's a great idea i really like that um i think that goes along lines with uh teaching them uh self-esteem and confidence is like he was saying uh dan was saying that, that you know we're, we're in the areas where you know religion is prominent in the younger kids and like you say, saying these kids they will be like you're, you're going to hell and i think if our children have the confidence to be like, well, that's fine. I mean, I still like you. You know, we can still be friends. That has nothing to do with it. And just teaching them, you know, teaching them, you know, equality and just being a good person, you know, teaching them you 
eventually as they get older that you can be good without God. Actually, we're better without God, but... (laughs) (laughs) Preparing your child to be able to deal with threats like you're going to hell, as they grow up, they're going to realise how little perhaps that means. To me, at that age, a greater threat would be you're going to have to do the washing up. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's difficult because there isn't there isn't like a manual to this. There isn't you know they have all these books for raising kids and what they do at this stage, but there really isn't a book out there that say, hey, the, teach your kid this for if they ever get a threat of going to hell. So a lot yeah. of us are kind of winging it at this point. I mean, yeah. as as the, you know, the atheist movement progresses and our kids grow up we can kind of see how we did and maybe write a book then we can all get back together 20 years and see and then but secular park yeah i think um usually focused on you know thinking critically and questioning everything we do a lot of asking why and um and how and uh when we don't know the answer we try to find it and and sometimes we even change our ideas uh, based on the evidence that we find. And so, you know, teaching them to be critical thinkers is, you know, what we do in our house. Um, we we honestly are still winging it with the whole, you know, what to do. How how do we model for them? How do we uh, prepare them for, for those confrontations? Now, we live in an area uh, that is, although conservative politically, um, and and religious, but you know we're we're still in a suburban area, you know, outside a major city in the United States, and so a lot of Catholics and and Protestants, but not as much in the way of um, evangelicals. You know, not we don't come into that very much, and so I think you know Catholics tend to just, you know, they're, they're Sunday worshipers and they kind of, it, they're kind of compartmentalized a bit. And I, I find that to be, um, a bonus <laughs> in that I don't think we've had, um, any confrontations yet, at least none that my son has come to me about. And we're just going to take it as it comes. We, we sometimes wonder if we should, my husband is Asian. And so we sometimes think that perhaps we should just claim Buddhism and then nobody would ask any questions or we get fewer. <laughs> fewer death threats. Uh, yes, exactly. Really, truly. Um, because we're very, we are in an incredibly diverse, um, marriage by the community as well. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yes, that too. Um, but we're, we're in a really diverse community, lots of religions, lots of cultures. I feel really fortunate for that in that most people are pretty sensitive in this area. And I think most people, regardless of their religious background, are raising pretty sensitive children. I mean, and so I don't anticipate having too much of the, well, you're going to hell because you don't believe. So we're still really winging it, I'm afraid to say. Uh, and we're going to, I guess, take it on as it yeah, comes, well, <laughs> which is probably not great secular parenting, but that's just hap- that just happens to be where we are right now. You're the best of what you got. I mean, it sounds like it's mm-hmm. a, a very challenging task for all of you, and especially those of you who have more than mm-hmm. one child. But a quick whip around, is this the most satisfying thing you've ever done? Yes. Oh, hands down. Easy, yes. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's easily, it's easily the most happiest, like... It's the way I call parenting. I mean, there's nothing on this earth that will make you more pissed off, but then immediately, in a split <laughs> second, it will make you, you know, 
Oh, that is, this is totally worth oh, it. Cl- clearly, <laughs> you've experienced bipolar. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's, probably, uh, it's probably very I similar. It's poor man's parenting. Yeah. Using that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> so, f- yeah, p- parenting is uh, bipolar. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, completely interchangeable. I think sure. I'll, uh, in return for you guys giving up your time, is there anything you'd like to plug or uh, a quick point you'd like to raise before we finish up? Well, why not? If I can plug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, this is a topic that I actually. Um, pitched to Emily, who runs the blog I write for, emilyhasbooks.com, as one of the topics I was going to want to write about would be secular parenting. It's a very important topic uh, to me. And yeah, I think everyone pretty much nailed it uh, with, you know, critical thinking is going to be huge as part of raising any child, but especially if you're raising a secular child, because when they do hear about these religions and these things, it's going to be thinking critically about, are these statements real and can they be you know i think i'm probably mispronounce it but transubstantiation in the catholic church you know Mm -hmm. i want i want my son to hear that and think probably not Not to say transubstantiation sounds a lot like cosmic consciousness i'd think if uh if you're you're a (laughs) two-year-old true not at this point but at some point in his life he's going to hear the word and he's going to have to think is it possible for a cracker to enter my mouth and become (laughs) the body of some However many year old dead <laughs> Jewish <Zombie>. man from <laughs> the Middle East. <laughs> and who, who also happens to be white in all the pictures. <laughs> who have crazy enough. <laughs> all right. And Skeptical Park? Yeah, yeah, I think this is, you know, it's just a point that I don't think, you know, anybody's going to have, you know, succinct answers for. But, you know, I think my biggest struggle is, you know, the things that we've touched on, which is, you know, how do we prepare our children to present to the world? I mean, I'm, my anonymity is, um, important to me because I'm not out as an atheist within my community because I don't want my children to have to answer for our, you know, lack of belief in a deity. Um, because I am afraid of the backlash that might ensue. And, you know, it's, it's a real, I'd rather kind of keep it a gray area and, you know, I think we're going to put forth, which is probably going to be the truth, which is we're going to let them explore on their own. But, you know, I I really do keep it under wraps. I don't talk about it with anybody to protect my children from the potential backlash, although, you know, I don't know what it would be, but I don't want to take the risk. this is a high likelihood that the NRA are listening in, so (laughs) this could become public knowledge (laughs) very quickly. That's true. All right, David, you had a plug on the last show, but uh, just because I'm a nice guy, go ahead. <laughs> well, I actually have a couple plugs. I mean, they're not all for me, so uh, that you know, you tell a secular bloke that I'm not completely Dave Kardashian. <laughs> I did, yeah, I did. I actually did write a post uh, on my blog, GammaAtheist.com, on secular parenting. It was just my perspective and some of the tools that I use to kind of help me along. So. I'm not going to give it away, so that way you can go read the post and see what I wrote about. But also, um, I, I read a book uh, it's called The, the Good News Club by Catherine Stewart, and Amazing. this really only affects, yeah, it really only affects the, like kind of the American people for the most part, 
but it talks about how the Christian groups are attacking our elementary schools. Attacking is probably not the best word, but that's exactly what it is. And they're using our, yeah, they're using our elementary schools to indoctrinate the children. I mean, they're using cookies and candies and everything to lure the children in and uh it, it was um it was an interesting read and it was a huge eye-opener for me especially because i have a five-year-old who's in kindergarten i had never even heard of this i didn't even know this was going on so again for the listeners the good news club Catherine stewart if you're a parent definitely check it out excellent well i recommend everybody take a while to listen through the podcast add some of the people we've discussed on the show go and have a read of some of the documents we've discussed guys thank you very much for coming on i know it's it's a volunteer thing you give your time very generously we've had gamma atheist so at gamma atheist on twitter at skeptical park and at dan rl a-r-e-l i'm at adam reeks and thank you everybody for partaking in this call it's been a great chat thanks guys all right thank you We have we have a radio show here called um, Mix 106.5, and it's the, the guy on it turns the bass right up. So when he speaks, he talks like this, and he goes, uh, "Skeptical Park, you've got uh, you've got a shout out to your husband." Oh, he's stop current, it! That sounds a little creepy. He's, he's currently doing time in prison for. Uh, for beating women, and you just want to tell him that you still love him. So. Let's, okay, let's go to some Whitney Houston. <laughs> He'll probably oh, hear God. this from his prison cell. <laughs>